You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. After a few weeks of selfless research in the United States of America, notably New York, David Shapiro, Deputy Chairman of Sassman Securities in the salubrious surroundings of Melrose Arch, is back with his findings. <laughs> David, I didn't get a chance to speak to you as you landed because you're normally full of um, New York anecdotes and just sometimes a little bit cynical about the way that things do or don't work in South Africa compared to New York, but you can probably dig up a few now. You came back and uh, suddenly load shedding started again. How would New Yorkers put up with load shedding, do you suppose? I <laughs> know. Oh, you know, whoever whoever's responsible would be fired and everybody that works for that person be fired as well. Uh, the mayor would be kicked out as well. So uh, mm. nothing like that happens. You don't, you don't, you, you know, I, in, in, in all the time I was there, I never saw one traffic light that didn't work. Uh, certainly load shedding is, is something uh, that might happen after a very, very heavy um, snowstorm or they might be out for a bit, but yeah. it's restored as quickly as it goes down. So... You don't find those attitudes, and, and New Yorkers would never, you know, would never uh, accept it. So I think it's one thing that differentiates. You know, you can—it's an old city. I mean, and its, it's infrastructure needs uh, renewing. We know all of that. You go to JFK, you go to an airport like that. Mm. It's nothing like the new airports that you are seeing in the Middle East or some of the newer cities. But uh, still, everything works. You know, and. Uh, um, it's been patched up. It's been repainted. I even, I love the underground there and uh, New Yorkers moan about the underground because it's so old, mm. but it does what it's supposed to do is get you from A to B in pretty quick time. Mm. You never wait more than three or four minutes. So I th- it's, it's, um, uh, I don't think they tolerate what we go through here. It's a very demanding city. I think what it is is that there is public transport there, and it's a refreshing mm. change for a South African to go overseas, whether it be to Barcelona yeah. or Paris or London or where I am now, Rotterdam, and see that there are buses and trams and, yeah. and metros that actually work, whereas in South Africa, we don't have any public transport, essentially, no. and I'm not being disparaging about the taxi drivers, but it's not public transport, it's private transport. Yeah, it, the public transport not only does it work, but it's also very reasonable. Now, I would buy a week ticket at $30. Yes. And I can travel as many times as I want on buses, on trains, as many times a day, you know, during that week. Uh, and believe me, you, you use it. So what does it, what does that come to? 450 Rand. You yes. know, I've got a full week's, uh, uh, transport and very effective wherever I want to go in New York, Manhattan, bus, whatever it is. And, you know, even the taxis are pretty reasonable. They're not, uh, they're not expensive. And, uh, you know, catching, catching a taxi or a driver or uh, hiring a car through to uh, JFK is not, it's not all that expensive. You know, gas or petrol is, is a lot cheaper and uh, they set rates. So, you know, from that point of view, yeah, you can get around pretty easily and pretty effectively. And don't you find that this promotes a productivity, for example, if you've mm. got to get to a meeting and you're in Rosebank and suddenly there's mm. load shedding and you've got to get to Sant and then the traffic lights are out or the robots are out and therefore you're going to be at least half an hour late if you can get there at all. You may even phone up the person you're meeting and saying, listen, I can't get there because of load shedding. But I find that the ability to move from place to place efficiently actually promotes the economy. Mm. Mm. I, I look. Things can be pretty tough in New York. I think the one thing that I always fear is catching 
uh, a taxi from JFK into Manhattan. And I always prepared for an hour and that, an hour or an hour, 20 minutes. Mm. But it moves. What, what, what I'm trying to say is it's moved. It's never gridlocked. The time that it is gridlocked is after heavy storms or if there's a snowstorm or something like that. But I've never experienced that, uh, certainly not in New York. And whatever it is, you know, things like Waze tells you where the jams are and so on. So, yeah, traffic's heavy there, but uh, you negotiate it. You know, you never feel like and, – and drivers are much more courteous. I mean, they, they're New York drivers and they're impatient, but uh, they're not mad like our drivers. You know, they won't drive down the wrong lane or get onto the pavement. I mean, uh, they never drive again, I don't think. I think they'll be locked up for life. Yeah. Uh, endangering someone's life. And I think that's the difference. You, you know, it comes back to something that's that's quite important. Uh, where you live in a big city like New York or London, and uh, it, it's, you've, you've got to obey the laws. You know, you can't be unruly in, in, in your behavior. And I think that differentiates South Africa from, uh, or Johannesburg, say, from something like New York. There they obey the laws. They obey the rules. There are millions of people, etc. But they realize that you've got to have civic, you know, civic order in order for the, for the city to function. Yeah, we just do what we like. You know, we park where we like. We, we act what we like. We don't want to pay our fees. We don't pay, we don't pay our bills and so on. Uh, you can't get away with uh, with that in a city, you know, in a city like New York. And that's how they can handle, I don't know how many people come in, anywhere between 10 to 15 million people are there during the day. And of course, at night, they all leave. But uh, you can learn so much from them. You know, we can learn how they do things. And and that's what I always, uh, what's always bewilders me, that we don't want to learn you know, how to run a big city or how to run populous in a city. Let's move on to something else before we get onto the market. Yeah. And this is something that disturbed me. Our friend Greg Davies, to whom we speak regularly, sent me tweets this morning about an interview with Beleka Mbete on Al Jazeera. And I'm just reading, this is from the Times Live, .za. It says here, former National Assembly Speaker Beleka Mbete's interview with TV station Al Jazeera has been labelled embarrassing after she failed to take responsibility for the failures of the ANC government. I mean, that's putting it mildly. Uh, she, yeah. she blamed European settlers on the crime rate. And uh, she said, who came up with these crime statistics? And somebody said, well, it was actually the UN. You know, with the fifth this, with the second that, with the worst this, etc. And she said, she decried the research on the economy as an exaggeration and said the World Bank was not God. And this is a woman that's representing the country as an ANC yeah, stalwart and a, a parliamentarian, ex-parliamentarian. It is quite sad. It's denial. You know, the, one of our problems, if we could face up to our problems, if we could face up to the fact that Eskom is going to bankrupt this country, you know, we can fix it. If we, if we recognize that, uh, that maybe we have messed up, then there is a chance that we can turn things around. But where you deny things like that. And you know, you know, I read in The Economist this week, this, the current edition now, there's an interview with, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa. Mm. And even the journalists, they, they, they think about or they talk about uh, necessary reforms, necessary economic reforms. And I come back to something that I discussed with you a long time. You know, I often, sorry, many times. Yes. And that's in order to actually get economic growth going, you have to make this place a desirable place to live. I, you've got to take crime off the road. You've got to make people, we can't act in an unruly manner. And I come back to what I'm talking about, civil order. 
you know, if there's civil order and you feel safe in the place, if you can walk in the roads and, and rest in the parks and so on, and people feel good about where they live, they will start to work harder. You know, you spoke about the productivity side of it. They will do that. And their, and their animal spirits will come out, you know, will start to uh, come out rather than thinking about going to some other country. You know, they all want to stay here because they, they enjoy the lifestyle. And we forget that. We keep ignoring that. It's not a matter of, you know, it's not a matter of, of, of uh, economic reform. It's a matter of uh, social reform. And as long as they carry on like this with the, you know, as long as she speaks like this and they deny it and they start blaming everybody else, we're never going to make progress. And crime is a massive deterrent to, uh, to confidence, to, to growth, to, uh, you know, to attracting, um, investment. I promise you, don't think people don't know what happens here. And the stories that I came back are quite horrific. You know, of people within our community who were murdered. Uh, just, just terrible, terrible stories of, of house invasions, of breaking into houses. But they don't break in and steal something while you're sleeping. They break in while you're awake, tie you up, and, and in, in, in a number of cases, murder you, mm. you know. And, and, and I think it's crazy. And that's got nothing to do with white settlers or whatever she blames it on. I don't know. You know, it's all made-up statistics. It's, that's crazy. I've been watching the Rugby World Cup, and we'll come to sport later on, as we mm. always do, David. But um, I was lucky enough to be invited about a year and a half ago to Japan by the, the Tokyo tourism people, by a very serene and elegant Japanese woman who's in, in her 60s. Her name was Tabata. She's about, I mean, I'm, six, I'm eight foot nine, and she's one foot six. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but we got on very well together. And she's just sent me a, an email this morning saying, congratulations, uh, says, dear Lindsay son, congratulations on your victory yesterday, South Africa's that is. And that was, it was just a nice touch. And I think to myself, the respect mm. and the way that the Japanese mm. go about things is the complete antithesis of what happens in South Africa. Mm. <laughs> and no, they are a they are a nation like that. I mean, it's uh, they do they're very humble in uh, their approach. Listen, they're not they're not easy. I mean, no. you know, dealing with Japanese business is not easy. But uh, I think in respect like that, they are uh, uh, you know even on the field, I don't think they have the same kind of aggression that the English, the Irish, the way you and South Africans have. I, I respect all blacks as well. Seem to be have a very nice uh, ethical approach as well. Mm. Uh, you don't see them getting angry, but, but, uh, but we, yeah, <laughs> it is a nice touch. I'd, listen, we beat Japan. Hello. Yes, it was a fantastic. No, come on. No, they, they've done very well. They've won their previous four games. We'll come to sport later <laughs> on anyway. Uh, David, let's talk about the Marcus. And I have to say, yeah. This is a time of year, it's October, the uh, October mm. the 19th anniversary has come and gone, and there was a bit of a, a sell-off in the Dow, but mm. it's quite boring. I f I'm finding it very. a little bit tedious. It is, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to get excited, because there's nothing new, there's nothing new happening, there's nothing fresh happening, and, uh, uh, you know, that's even on global markets, there's no, I, I'm struggling to find, what I like to do every year, I like to find a new theme, something that's okay, let's choose a stock for a year or let's choose a, a couple of stocks for the year. Now, this last year has been uh, uh, medical diagnostics or diagnostic uh, tech. I don't know, med, med tech, let's call it that, you know. Uh, okay. um, uh, Philips in, in your part of the world would provide machinery that help doctors diagnose you and, uh, you know, look into your body and so on. 
And there are a number of businesses like that, uh, companies like Striker and that, who, who replace your arms and your knees and your legs, and, you know, uh, intuitive surgical who help you, uh, who, uh, you know, who, who help surgeons, uh, um, operate with, with minimum invasion on your body and so on. Those kind of companies, there were a number of them. And I'm trying to look for something now into the next year. We're beginning to, I think the big subject is going to be ESG and environment and, uh, you know, social responsibility and that. And I think, um, you know, looking for businesses, but it's not easy. You know, it's not, it's not easy to come up with, uh, uh, with themes that are going to perhaps drive the market higher. I think the markets are behaving very well under the circumstances, but I think that's more a, a function of, of very low interest rates and low inflation. Um, but there's no driving forces. You know, there's nothing that we can get excited about. There are no IPOs that are coming on, and the ones that did come on this year were pretty floppy. But And I'm talking from a global context. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, I can't get my teeth into any big stories. When we look back, and when you talk about ESG, I conducted an ESG chat with a very, a very well-developed company when it comes to their ESG presence. And that uh, interview will only be out next week once it's gone onto their website. But uh, when you think about ESG and the public and investing consciousness that is so to the fore these days, do you say to yourself, well, it's so simple. You just sell things like uh, British American tobacco because of the vaping story, because of the uh, tobacco Mm -hmm. story that has been there for for so long, but they keep on reinventing themselves. Maybe Mm -hmm. this is the the way to do it, not to say what should we buy, what should we sell Mm -hmm. or short. Yeah, yeah coal companies, anything around that kind of, you know, who mess up the environment, yes. You've got to be very wary and very cautious. Particularly coal mines might be functioning already, but I think their expansion is going to be limited. Uh, mining, anybody who turns up the environment, yeah. So I think it's going to be, uh, it's, it's going to affect companies. You know, they're not going to, they're not going to get their mining rights as easy as they are. And what happens is there's much more of a global you know, you call it consciousness now. Mm. And uh, American investors are going to say to uh, some business, you know, uh, yes, we're investing in you here, but you've got a subsidiary somewhere in Africa that's just churning up or uh, uh, messing up the environment or, um, you know, uh, whatever, killing animals or whatever, you know, so on, some kind of issue like that. And uh, for that reason, we're not going to deal with you. Uh, or you're tre- mistreating your people, so on. You know, you're bribing your way into the country. Uh, those kind of issues are going to be very important uh, going down the line. So you have to behave yourself, and, and uh, companies have to behave themselves as well. So um, it's going to be a theme, um, you know, that's going to be very, very, very relevant uh, going forward. And that's correct. You know, companies must, uh, um, you know, companies must behave themselves. You can't do what we used to do. And hide away from it, you know, if you want to be a national, a global player. Quite right. This week is going to be, is going to bring retail into focus because we've got pick and pay and clicks coming out. I've just been watching Trueworth and it just keeps on dribbling down all Mm. the time and Discam coming down all the time. Mm. It's not, Mm. it's not big moves. It's not going to be, oh goodness me, Trueworth fell 10% on its results. It's not like that. It's just a slow drip, drip, drip. Mm. What do you think about retail? Because retail is the theme of this week for me. Mm. Yeah. They, they're down today. They're under pressure, and I think they're going to continue to be under pressure. We might have seen the sell-off. We might have seen the derating, but I don't think the turnaround is going to be anything exciting, and it can't be. You know, where you've got an economy now where we're talking about 
uh, either flat growth in the third quarter of South Africa or alternatively even contraction. We don't know. It's pointing more towards contraction. Uh, it, 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 it's naturally going to point to toughness in the, in the retail segment. Uh, the first hint we've got of it is Cashbill came out today with a, with an update. Um, what, what mm. I find quite interesting is it's flat. They added more stores. So any growth in revenue came from, from the new stores, but there was nothing in the demand for, for their products. I know this is not food and this is not, this is, uh, building products and that, but you can, you get a feel that demand is, is slowing down and that consumers are, uh, under a lot of pressure. So how it translates into pick and pay or ShopRite or any of those is, is just the ability of those companies to steal from other companies or steal, you know, when I say, I say steal revenue, steal customers. And that will come at the expense of margins. Yeah. You know, you'll have to, you'll have to make it, uh, in other words, you'll, you'll have to give up on your price, uh, in order to gain kind of further revenue and so on. So I think it's, we're in a tough time. I'm not picking on Trueworth now because I like Michael Mark, oh. but month to date uh, down 2.3%, quarter to date down 2.3%, seven days down 2.7%. It goes on, but the year to date figure is down 41%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, well, it says that's, that's a lot. Three months down 24%. Hey? This is a, yeah. this is, this is a big move. Yeah, it is. And it's, a, it's, it's, you've got to understand it's a combination of events. Number one, yes, it is the economy, but also, uh, it's your merchandise. It's the products that you put in the shops that uh, that also can dictate, um, you know, people's tastes. And uh, we've seen it uh, from from time to time. So merchandising is very important. So yeah, you're right. I'm just looking through here. If you want, I see the the biggest loss this year has been uh, MassMart, which is down about 57 percent. To give you an idea of some of the uh, retailers, uh, Tours then comes in at 40 percent. Mr. Price down 36%. So it gives you an idea of some of the, you know, the losses that we've seen. ShopRite 30%, cash bill 28%. These are big numbers. Yeah. Um, on, on, you know, in a sector that's, um, widely held. That's, well that's the covered. thing. Yeah. W- widely held. Well covered. Yeah. Mm, exactly. So, okay. So we'll look forward to that. But you're starting to see some value there potentially. You, you said maybe the sell-off is I, over. No, no. I, you know, even if the sell-off's over, uh, I think the recovery is going to be slow. Um, there's nothing to attract you to go in. So, yeah, there'll be trading opportunities. You know, trading opportunities meaning that uh, where it's oversold, you'll, you'll get a quick turnaround, a few percentage points. But um, I, I, I still don't see anything in the South African economy that gets me excited and makes me want to go into, uh, you know, into this market. And even on our, even on our mining shares, uh, we've, uh, I've, I've been watching Impala, uh, you know, big turnover there. And of course, with their purchase uh, in North America, another platinum or palladium producer, um, expansion there. I, I still, I'm still very cautious of the miners as well. You know, whether, whether with the slowdown in the global economy, you're going to, uh, you know, it's, it's really going to make a big difference. So I suppose one's got to look for the efficient miners, those who can mine efficiently, generate cash and pay it out. But it's not, it's not exciting. You know what I mean? It's not. No, it's it, not. It's, it's not the non exciting. You know, it's not new products and new listings, uh, the kind of stuff that we, we like to see in a bull market. 
Yeah, you don't wake up in the morning and say, I must look at this sector now because of what yeah. I've just read in the Financial yeah. Times or something, and South Africa is at the forefront. There's nothing like that anymore. Anyway, let's, let's nah. moan too much. Nah. So, so you can't find a theme for next year, 2020. It's a reality. You know, something, Lindsay, it's not a moan. It's, it's the reality of where we are. I, I, I enjoy, you know, my weekend, I like to read The Economist. I like Financial Times. I go down and read The New York Times. I must ask you to read, read I think it was yesterday's lead article in The New York Times yes. about how Trump and how the Republicans are using social media uh, to further their aims. They're way ahead of the Democrats, and the Democrats are still, uh, you know, still 10 steps behind uh, in terms of how to use social media and the way that they're using the money to uh, you know to canvas for votes but uh, it's quite frightening it's quite frightening how the republicans have learned to twist minds and uh, um, you know to get the message out there way ahead psychologically um, than, than the democrats and it's scary so uh, i found it quite uh, you know quite quite a nerve-wracking article but what what came across as well and this is quite important for me because I'm, I'm a Facebook holder and I'm a, uh, Amazon and, you know, I hold some of the big tech. I'm still going with them. I haven't sold out. Mm. Is that how important they are becoming in media? Uh, Facebook today, you cannot advertise without Facebook. You know, you cannot ignore. If you want to get a message out there, uh, you have to use social media. You have to use, and Facebook, relates more to our age. The kids have gone down to Instagram and so on. But, I mean, um, uh, you, you still can't ignore for corporates. They still have to uh, use Facebook or certainly Google or something. You know, those, those, those are the two big ones. And, um, you know, that's it. That's, that's, it's, it's like, a, uh, you know, your TV, your TV shows, your TV, your, your main, um, the main channels just haven't got the same kind of power. And what's happening with Facebook, it's the 65-year-olds and up that are now becoming the biggest, uh, um, you know, the, the biggest subscribers. That's because you. They look at, yeah, that's me. Because you know why? It's like my wife. You know, she'll go and she'll look at pictures of other people's families or friends out of all over the world and so on. And that's, that's where it's being used while the kids are using uh, you know, other means to communicate with each other. Yeah, it's interesting, actually, as you've just been in New York, I'll uh, mention the uh, subliminal New York, the ultimate New York uh, sitcom, and that was Seinfeld, which is yes. sadly no longer on our streams, although I noticed that uh, Netflix has just signed a deal, and I think it's mm. going to be on Netflix from uh, 2021, something like that. But you were talking about the Democrats versus the Republicans when it came to social media. George Costanza, a little Jewish fellow brought up in Queens. <laughs> <laughs> He said he was talking about something anyway. He said, "Look, he's working with a zippo. I'm rubbing two sticks together here." <laughs> so that what you're saying is, it's, it's yeah, the Republicans and Democrats, yeah. exactly the same thing. Okay, David. Uh, so we're not doing anything at the moment. Um, we've got the midterm budget policy statement coming up at the end of this month. That's a difficult one. It is. We, we, where are we going to find the money? You know, at the end of the day, you can be an accountant and do the only way they're going to make money is to is to uh, cut costs and to cut the budget. You know, that's the only way is to stop cash being or 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 uh, cut back from uh, allocating cash to certain perhaps areas. I don't know where they're going to do that, but they're not making the revenue. You know, we're not making the revenue. We know that we're going to fall short on collections. 
uh, you can't tax people anymore because the companies are not making money and, uh, um, the, the, you know, uh, there's limits to which you can, you can take from a very small portion of the population. So I think I think they're in a very difficult. We can talk and we can be honest and we can be open as as we're now starting to find a uh, government coming. But at the end, <laughs> you've got to grow an economy, and uh, that's going to require a lot harder work and a lot more difficult decisions to be made. David, let's move on to sport now and start with football if we can, because I'm a bit worried about Spurs. They drew one all with Watford, yeah, and when I see Mauricio Pochettino. After the game, saying, "Oh, we did this and we did that, and it was great." And I said, "Well, you, you're playing a team that hasn't won this season at I home, know. and you've drawn one all. How can you summon this energy and this enthusiasm oh. and this rubbish that you've just oh. told me? You've got a multi-million-pound squad there, and you, oh. you drew with Watford. Come on now. No, they were terrible. They're just—they're just lethargic. They've lost everything. I—I I couldn't see anything in them. Uh, Harry Kane. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> you know, I just, uh, I think just generally the, the squad looks very stretched, very tired. Um, one season too much. And he's not going to be able to turn it around. We saw it with Wenger. Once you start slipping down that slope, uh, it's very difficult to get back up again. So, and he's, he's not a Ferguson. Ferguson never really slipped down. He might have lost it one season here and there, but, uh, generally, and I think, I think, uh, Spurs really look, really look ragged. Not, mm. um, uh-uh. yeah, you're quite I, right. I, I don't know. I feel sorry for them. I feel when I say sorry for them, it's just uh, uh, at the beginning of the season. You know, everyone spoke about them, kind of challenging for the league. No ways. Mm-mm. No, same as Manchester United. I don't feel. I, sa- I don't feel sad for them. Much, eh? I think maybe these tips get paid too much, and they start believing their own headlines. You know, they believe how wonderful they are. Uh, and then come onto the field and, and just don't try the same way as they used to. Just haven't got that, uh, the same kind of spirit. Yeah, Manchester oh. United, I mean, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said we were so good and we did this and we did that. You've drawn another game. It's the worst start for 30 <laughs> years. It's another one. one I'm okay, to draw 1-1 one, one with uh, Liverpool is no disgrace but uh, because oh. Liverpool are good, but Liverpool didn't have Mo Salah and they seem to freeze when they go to Old Trafford these days. Oh. They have a clunky oh. performance. But yeah, also, no. United are just boring. Oh, so I've got nothing there. There's nothing that, you know, when you think of United of the past, I mean, there's just no one in the team that can live up to that. I don't think, I don't think anybody would have made those previous teams. There's no one there in the team today that, uh, you know, would have got into the team of the late 80s into Fergie's team. Nothing. Let's um, not finish on sport for a change. Let's talk about social activism just in the last couple of minutes, if we can, David, because we had recently had, um, I think there was a a march or a gathering of around about 50,000 people in Cape Town to protest against violence against women, which was good. Uh, But I'm just, I was just watching the news today and I wrote down all the cities that are being inundated every single day by people saying enough is enough. I mean, it started obviously in Hong Kong in June. Then we've now moved on to Barcelona. Barcelona, 500,000 minimum people over the last a few days each day that is obviously there's been some opportunists that have been violent but there's there's a mass mass movement against the central government in in madrid for imprisoning the the catalonian politicians Mm. and you've got santiago in chile they're saying no the the cost of living is too much venezuela venezuela obviously uh, beirut in lebanon yeah Yeah. exactly every single day Mm. no tax hikes Mm. and corruption Mm. no we've had enough of this and it goes on and on london a few people have a go at uh, boris johnson and the uh, the other brexiteers Mm. 
but we, we don't do it in South Africa, not to the same extent, and I just wonder why, when we've got every single justification to do so. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe in some of the municipalities uh, we're still getting um, outrage there because of non-service delivery. Uh, it might be happening in some of the outlying districts. But uh, there's nothing in the city of Joburg or the city of Cape Town, I mean, apart from uh, protesting against uh, violence uh, against women and uh, children. Um, but we don't get that kind of action, and I'm surprised that we don't. You know, I'm surprised that there isn't further protests. I think that we believe, we still believe in our politicians. You know, we still believe Cyril's going to de- deliver and, and so on. And there's such a, such a diverse, you know, uh, um, from a, from we've got elitists and we've got poverty streak. There's nothing in the middle, and and uh, and, and it's it's really I find it very surprising that there 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 hasn't been uh, outcries and there haven't been protests. I think where we do see protests, they're more politically inspired, you know, uh, trade unions and so on, but nothing against the government. And the government hasn't delivered, you know, in twenty twenty five years. Um, we can blame everybody else, but after twenty five years, you would have you would have expected some a better return uh, than we're seeing at the moment, and the economy is in trouble. Um, I promise you, it's worse than 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 the headline show. I think the media is very kind to uh, you know to government. I think very very kind. Yes, they criticise them, but I think I think things are uh, a lot worse than than we you know than than, than we're um, we care to admit. Yeah, on that sad note, we'll have to leave it. David, thank you very much for your extended time. Welcome back from the Big Apple. That's David Shapiro, Deputy Mm -hmm. Chairman of Sassfin Securities in Johannesburg. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.